Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, our experts discuss Elon Musk and how his personal brand impacts two of the biggest brands in the world, SpaceX and Tesla. So settle in and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome into Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and today we're going to be talking about Elon Musk. Specifically, we're going to talk about his brand and how his brand impacts the other brands that he owns. Uh, and to help me address the topic, I'm joined today by Director of Brand Experience, Cynthia Stepech. Hey there. <laughs> and CEO, Bo Bodie. To infinity beyond, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping in today, guys. Uh, so Elon Musk, uh, th- there's a lot to unpack there, but I want to start by sort of level setting. Uh, so can either of you sort of define his brand for us? Yeah, I think uh, he's pretty undefinable, um, but uh, definitely that's part of his brand. Um, I think, you know, reading, having read a number of books on Musk and uh, a number of other leaders like him, you know, his, his family upbringing had a huge impact on, you know, his, you know, kind of no boundaries kind of approach to things. So you kind of think of the no boundaries, um, the, the ability to to think beyond what like normal, you know, like. I can go beyond or we can take something beyond what normal convention is. So unconventional. Um, I think there's a, a very, a very detailed part of him, which, which comes across in a different way. Um, but like, you know, a focus on technology and technical skill and capability. And again, if you read anything about him, there, there, there is a technical component to him um, that is pretty deep. Um, and then, you know, just unrelent, I mean, basically relentless or, you know, I mean, kind of, you know, you kind of put this boundless thing with this relentless piece, you know, there's nothing we can't achieve if we don't put our minds and hearts to it. Um, and then I think grit, you know, when you add it to that, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping these more positive. I mean, there are probably negative, there are negative outcomes to some of the positive traits. Um, but if you kind of look at his brand, you know, that's kind of what it takes to put a rocket ship into space that, that you've never, and you've never done it before. You know, so yeah, those are kind of key qualities, I would think. So if we were doing a brand pyramid for him, Cynthia, I think that would be kind agreed, of... Agreed, agreed. Yeah, the, this is the type of personality that takes on the automotive industry, you know, and tries to shake it up and succeeds. Uh, that attitude yeah. has some interesting consequences as well. Yeah, so. well right. I, think, I think part of it is there's a little bit of a rebellious nature to him. And, and you can look Absolutely. at rebellious as like a bad or a good thing, right? I'm rebelling against, as Bo, you put convention and, and conventional mm-hmm. wisdom and, you know, what's possible and what's not. I'm going to rebel against that. But sometimes, as we'll talk a little bit about here, uh, that rebellious nature kind of, you know, rears its head in other areas that may, that may negatively impact the brand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So does, does his personal brand, does Elon's personal brand overshadow Tesla and SpaceX? Um, and if so, if we think it does in some instances, is that a good or a bad thing? Um, I would say that kind of going back to what we just said earlier, you know, uh, it's if it wasn't for his um, kind of attitude and everything else, his, the spirit of Elon Musk, it's like, you know, you wouldn't have those types of companies. Um, so, I mean, it, but could it negatively affect it? Absolutely. Um, Though, thinking of that, you know, I think it's a little bit of a distinction between is can Elon Musk 
damage his brand versus can he hurt the business? And is the uh, brand dependent on having a leader who has this kind of anything goes or we're going to break the rules and we're pushing limits? You need that for the types of businesses he, businesses that he's going into that mm-hmm. either historically had been like like the electric car or to take on something as massive as like going to Mars. I mean, it, you you need a little something extra, you know, to get to that point. So, yeah, as my teenage daughter would say, he's so extra. Yeah. I think, extra. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a, a big part. I mean, if you look at like the brand studies we do, you know, we ask the question, if your company were a brand, who would it be? It, technology companies historically for us, you know, there would be the, the Bill Gates or the, um, or the uh, Steve Jobs, you know, Steve Jobs is one that was constantly brought up, right? And, and what we're hearing more when people say that we're hearing less of Steve Jobs, obviously, because his, his persona has been out of, the, um, out of the spotlight for a number of years now since he's passed. But, um, but Elon Musk, you know, is, that, is becoming that symbol, you know, of, of somebody that, that can do something or an organization or driving an organization to incredible things or incredible heights. Um, there is a point, Cynthia's point, there are two challenges with that. You know, one, when you build a brand around iconic figures or an iconic brand, a personal brand, um, you know, Nike's built their whole business that way. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a challenge with that, right? Nike built it with people that they could, you know, cha- interchange, right? Accenture did it with Tiger Woods, and we saw what that happened to Tiger Woods and <laughs> what happened to the Accenture branding when that happened. But it wasn't the founder of the company, um, and so when you take that kind of personality and you have this kind of interwoven brand with person um mm-hmm. i think to this point he this company couldn't achieve what it's achieving without him but I, I, if you watch as tesla becomes more operations focused and having to deal with sec scrutiny and and kind of operate you know the company much like jobs you may have to he may need to pull himself out and personalities like that have a hard time doing that um, and so that's a big challenge to get uh, until they get to Mars. He's fine as, you know, king of SpaceX. Um, but as, as Tesla starts creating, you know, and becoming more of a commodity as that product becomes something that's more operational, like a Tim Cook has now operationalized uh, Apple. Being able to make that transition for an ego that big, mm-hmm. it's sometimes hard. I see Steve Jobs, you know, I mean, I think they're there and we could name 500 other leaders like theirs, like those in different industries and different types of companies. Right. Yeah. Would you say that either of his companies or both were kind of like built or even founded or, or whatever? Like, did they take on his personality or take on some of his, his image? Um, absolutely. You know, um, it's like, so let's think about this, like just kind of, the root and the uh, development and the growth of the growth of those businesses and the dreams behind them are tied into exactly what's kind of rolling around in Elon Musk's, Musk's head. Sorry, I'm tongue tied today. Um, but, you know, like think about PayPal, what that's turned into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you think about Tesla and then SpaceX and then now, you know, Solar City, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, Neuralink and, for those businesses, and, and 
for those businesses to flourish, you have to have a leader that has a vision that it goes beyond what people like would say, like, this is uncommon. This, this is doomed to fail. He doesn't care. He puts the money behind it. He invests in the crazy ideas and a lot of other people be like, I'm not doing this. Right. He is willing to take risk and like absolute failure and turn it into a win. And, you know, it's like, if you see, for example, like the, um, for SpaceX, you know, it's like those rocket ships, like how many times they crash trying to re-land on earth. And the thing is, is that if it had been anyone else, I think they just would have been like, you know what, this is losing. We're, we're just flushing money down the toilet. This is never going to work. If it wasn't for him, those businesses wouldn't have been successful. But also in the end, ultimately, it's that attitude that creates the brand. And, you know, going back to what Bo was saying, that it's like, you know, historically, if you look at figures, like we're just going to focus on Steve Jobs because, you know, I think it's a well-known and a common reference point. But it's like if that CEO doesn't have the vision, that's an issue. But the other thing, too, is ultimately that person infuses almost like their DNA into the company and into the brand. So it's like now you would imagine that every employee that goes into one of these companies where he's like that major leadership, they kind of have to be living that brand too. They've got to have that attitude. And I can only imagine, you know, what the expectations are on any of those employees. So. Right. And I think that that's the hard part, right? And you, you kind of heard that with the Steve Jobs, you know, uh, like expectations are so high. Um, yeah. the, the, the last dance, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, the, the expectations of working with someone who's, who's, who just transcends any kind of reality. I mean, like, oh yeah, I'm going to make a car company. Oh yeah. I'm going to put a rocket in space. Oh yeah. We're going to Mars. I mean, oh yeah. We're going to create solar, you know, now we have to be careful with this because <laughs> they can't seem to get it done, but we're going to create solar shingles. You know, I mean, yeah. Anybody that's going to do that, you know, it, it's hard to live up to their expectations. And then as it scales, you know, it's one thing when you're Michael Jordan with a band of 12 other people, you know, or 13 other people. It's another thing when you're one person managing hundreds of thousands. You know, I, I think, you know, finding 100,000 people that have that same ethic and that same drive and the same like Katie bar the door until we get to Mars you know, you won't see me. I'm just going to eat Snickers and play video games and, you know, focus on this. Um, I think that that's a challenge, you know, but, but again, when you kind of put it back to mission, you know, if, if the mission statement for Tesla is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy, you know, I, that, you know, I, I would want to get up in the morning and go to work for that. Mm -hmm. Right. And if it were purely, and this is what I think leaders sometimes iconic branded, you know, very kind of, personal brand, personally branded leaders sometimes have a hard time with is that if, if it's all about them, you know, that, that can fizzle out after a while, you know, mm -hmm. Steve jobs wanted to put a computer in everybody's hand. I mean, it was, he wanted to give them access to information. He wanted to make their lives better and more efficient. And, and while you would, you would deal with the idiosyncrasies, you know, and the person, the cult of personality, you adjusted to that, right? You like, if I worked for Steve Jobs or if I worked for Elon Musk, I'd be like, we're doing something bigger. But mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes that, it, you know, Michael Jordan, I want you all to win a championship. It wasn't just about him winning championships. And if it had been, he wouldn't have won that many championships. You know, there, there's a point. This, this 
ship doesn't go to Mars if it's all about Elon Musk. And so being able to, to walk that fine line of, hey, follow me, I'm crazy, <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 hey, follow me, it's all about me. Um, you've got to be careful with that because he's leading a company. And it's not just his personal, you know, his personal ascent to Kilimanjaro. You know, I mean, he's right, right. He's leading the expedition. Yeah. And we've seen that attitude kind of come back and bite the company with like crazy statements on social media, incidents on, you know, I think there was like a podcast or a webcast with Joe Rogan or something. You know, he'll do things and it's like stock price will drop. I mean, it's kind of, you know, the brilliant craziness like the is mad scientists the mad it, there's benefits to it and then there's a lot of negative stuff but you know ultimately in the end it's like you know well and it's it's about? true to we talked about this yesterday in in, pre, in preparation for the episode is it's true to his brand even the, the kind of chaos right is kind of true to his brand he's not going to bite his tongue he's going to tell you what he thinks and it seems i mean I, I shared a story yesterday with you guys you know despite the pandemic Tesla turned a profit, um, which, which was unexpected. Right. But so whether we can wrap our heads or minds around it or, or not, or why that, that actually happens and works, um, aside the the results kind of speak for themselves. Um, but I think Cynthia, you mentioned it earlier, and this is something, this is a really good distinction that I want to draw. Um, mention that that the brand itself that is his brand and it can kind of stay intact and be somewhat insulated it'll have an it'll the brand itself will stay intact with maybe some let's call it erratic behavior but that doesn't mean the business itself is insulated from the consequences in some cases right right yeah absolutely so you know um i think that's going back to the whole you know what we're talking about today it's like you know and also analyzing, it's like how he affects a brand. Is he part of the brand? Is he technically the brand, you know? And um, it, it has, it, it, it is an issue, you know? And it's like, you know, should you ever depend on one single person to represent your company? You know, he has the benefit of being a major stakeholder or the guy at each right. of these companies. For now, he's, he can call the shots. It'll be interesting to see like, how these companies transition and change going into the future. Well, look at, look at, I mean, in in that, like thinking of the risk of having one person, one, let's call it visionary out front and being kind of the, the focal point of the brand. Um, Like look at Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes and that whole situation. That is one, you know, that is a, that is a case study in how things can go horribly wrong. Um, yeah, and I think not it was a little bit of the same. Way. Yeah, it's a little bit of the same thing. It's like you know we're not following the rules. We're convention. Be you know what we're we're done with it. We're just going to kind of roll by this new thing. But you know, I, I will say that in that case, it was really foggy and you know unproven type stuff. For yeah. he's like he's the opposite because it's like he is willing to admit when they failed. So there's a little bit about that with him too, that he's a little erratic and out there, you know, but he is, um, I don't think he candy coats stuff, you know, and he's like, he's the, the failures have been very public. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, yeah, when the glass breaks on the door, you know, I mean, 
that he owns, he owns <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, I think that that's something that's, again, you can't, <laughs> you can't mix bravado. You can't just assume that bravado and rec and, and, um, uh, no boundaries is, is completely reckless and amoral. You know, I mean, you can't, you, you have to be careful, right? I mean, I think you can stereotype this, but in reality, you know, he, he really, um, I, I wouldn't reading about him, looking at him, kind of thinking about it, you know, like Steve Jobs, and there's something in him that I would think pulls him back from the point that, that Theranos and, you know, uh, mm. Ron and others like, Hey, look, I'm going to skirt. Uh, I'm going to say a couple things. I'm going to drop a couple bombs. I'm going to, you know, drop a couple hints that I shouldn't drop. Um, but some of that showmanship, you know, and I think, I think sometimes that can get, that can get mixed up with being unethical. And when you, when you're looking at brand stakeholders, the challenge is when you have shareholders, you, you know, you have to adhere to a certain level of scrutiny. And some people are good at that, and some people are bad at that. Yeah. Um, and and when it's all you, you know, I think that causes an issue. I mean, you should listen to his his shareholder calls. I mean, they are almost <laughs> comical. I mean, they're it's like you know, his guys will go in, they'll start like in a normal and the CFO's talking and then all of a sudden it's a question will be asked and he just <laughs> runs over the whole thing. <laughs> that said, he's got a vision for how it wants to be, how it wants to be. And, he, and no matter how much they practice, they can't articulate that vision the same way he can. And right. um, I think the other side of it is the danger you talked about, Chris, you know, is, is that, you know, when you are public, you know, there, there are certain things you got to follow. And if you're not, if you're a rule breaker, man, that can cause some issues, you know, and then the board issues, putting things, Steve Jobs always had a board that was stacked to his vision, you know, and that was always an issue. You know, if they had activist shareholders would come up and they could never over, you know, they could never penetrate the Steve Jobs wall, you know, but there were a number of those times where he'd have to acquiesce and put somebody on the board that he didn't want. But he, you know, he, he could win them over too. That was the other side of it. So I mean, I, I just, I think about, I think a lot about Landry's, you know, I think a lot about these kind of CEOs that are, you know, you look at Tillman Fertitta, you know, he's got his faces on billboards. He's got his own show on MSNBC, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he was like, forget it. I'm buying this sucker back. You know, he wanted, because he wanted personally to be the brand. And I think yeah. that's different. And this is one that can get in trouble as a public company. You know, that ego is so big. Yeah. And not knocking him, but like, I want to control it all. You know, forget this shareholder stuff and this board stuff. Uh, I would rather go without somebody else's money. And I would rather make call the shots. Right. And that's where, that's where a person like Elon Musk on the, you know, it like walks a fine line. Whereas, you know, whatever you think about Tillman Fertitta, you know, respecting him for saying, look, I can't, I don't want to be controlled. I want to do this. Um, mm. You can still get in trouble, but you know the SEC is not going to come down on you. Um, yeah. But you're also not beholden to shareholders, and that's a different that's a different brand audience that you have to consider when you're public. Yeah. So I, I want to switch gears just a tad here, um, Bo. You talked about Elon's showmanship, and and Cynthia, you mentioned you know some of his um, some of his kind of colorful antics and things like that. I have a quote here. I won't read it verbatim, but basically Elon says, um, 
he hates branding. Um, he thinks it's like a hoax and he thinks it's, you know, he, he, the quote, the, the like, random quote I will say is he says brands suck. Do you think he believes that? Do I believe if Elon Musk thinks the <laughs> matter is BS? I just, sorry. Uh, I feel like he is a very sharp, savvy businessman and he knows exactly what it means. And, uh, you know, I think everybody saw the launch where they, the SpaceX launch and a Tesla car was a payload and it's on its way to Mars. Yeah. And it was all over TV with that Tesla logo smack dab in the middle of that darn dash cam. And I'm like, they, he knows what it is. And, and you know, so it's like, you know, be like, ah, that's non-existent, you know? Um, I, yeah, no, he, he's, he's a, a showman and he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> so right. I think that in the end, ultimately, I mean, it must be interesting, like having to manage his brand and his marketing department and, you know, he's, he's probably applying the same type of thing and, like, unleashing them. Like, do something extraordinary. I would right. imagine they get the same kind of thing that the engineers get and the people on the floor making the cars or the rocket ships are getting. And um, you, you see it. So it's like, I, I think if that wasn't a part of the brand that he claims doesn't matter or that he hates, then you wouldn't be getting these, like, you know, crazy shocking promotions or even like seeing that logo as much as you do. So any one of them. Yeah. I think adding one quick thing, I think you, you don't own your brand, you manage it. <laughs> if you don't manage it, your customer owns your brand. Yeah. And if you provide an outstanding product that's interesting, then it brands itself. Yeah. I mean, I think that that, if I, if, if I were to restate in a more diplomatic way, which, you know, he, he's, pretty irreverent at times um, that I would, I would hope and assume that that's what he's saying. I would call BS like Cynthia. I mean, he, he is managing his brand. Um, hopefully he's doing it thoughtfully. Cause if it, if the, if the wreckful and not recklessness, um, if the wildness, you know, kind of wild westness of his brand um, isn't well thought out, and when I say that, maybe not contrived or planned, and that's probably what he's talking about, um, then, then he is the luckiest individual in the world. Um, because, yeah. they, you, you know, you don't step in as many cow patties as he has without having kind of thought through what's going to happen after stepping in the cow pad. Right. Um, so I think, you know, he may, they, they may not use traditional media to manage their brand, much like Starbucks, much like Apple forever didn't advertise. Um, and their advertising is so, you know, product focused, simple. Um, but you know, uh, sometimes people conflate brand with media and promotion. And while he is a showman, you know, he doesn't use the traditional media channels for promotion. And I think sometimes people confuse those two things. Yeah. So how I want to ask you guys, you know, speaking of brands, how do Tesla and SpaceX kind of relate to to one another um, in terms of a brand, right? Like, are there are there shared um, values and share, shared I don't know, goals? I, I don't know if that's the right objectives. Like, did it, how do those two relate? Um. So I guess you have to take a step back and just look at like what the companies are trying to achieve, which is this like 
breaking the rules, you know, and doing things that everybody else was either said couldn't be done or whatever else. But, you know, um, for that reason, you know, I think both of those brands have to have that component of uh, fearlessness in them, you know, um, and that it's like, not that it's limitless, but I'm, that though that might be part of it, you know, and it's like with Elon kind of, you know, like I said earlier, kind of his DNA is in the company. I mean, they're both completely interrelated and they're both taking on two industries, those two companies that um, had either one been dead in the water for a long time or two really, really struggling, you know, in the United States. So, well, I think there's a, if you look at the, they are definitely related through him. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't put, I mean, you could be like, oh, they're both vehicles that take people a certain place. But I think the, the main thing there is if you read, if you read the mission statement for Tesla, um, accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. And then you read what they state the mission is on SpaceX. Um, I want to wake up in the morning and think the future is going to be great. And that's what being a spacefaring civilization all is about. It's about believing in the future and thinking the future will be better than the past. And so there, in both brands, there is an ethos of making society better, you know, Mm -hmm. building society for the future, having a vision of something different or a better way to do things. And so I think there's a, there's a common bond between them, you know, but there are different companies and brands Right. Um, common bond is really his vision. You know, right. I mean, that, that you, you know, that's not what Boeing, you know, McDonald, Doug, whoever builds other space, whoever else is building spaceships probably isn't saying, I want to make humanity better every day. You know, they're probably saying we build great spaceships that take you to the, to the moon. You know, right. GM is going to get cars and vehicles that move you from one place to the other. I mean, they, they don't have this mission and brand and stuff. Mm-hmm. Isn't, you know, we are improving civilization. You know, we are taking humanity to the next level. I mean, that's a different, that's pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah. You know, and that's why people- Reimagining our world or right. how we live. Right. Yeah. Much it's more a, impact on the world. It's a, it's inspirational, right? To both to your point, it's, it's the, um, it's inspiring not only your investors, not only your, um, you know, your, um, your, uh, consumers, but also inspiring those people that come to work every day. So right. um, I want to move, um, I want to move because we're talking, you know, we're talking a lot about Elon and we talked, you know, drawing the comparison to Steve Jobs. Uh, one of the things you guys know, I'm a, I'm a Disney geek. Um, so I think about when I think about a brand that's inextricably linked to its founder, I think about Walt Disney. Um, so all of them, um, with the exception of Elon, because Elon's still very much there, um, all of those folks have had to um, transition to life after the founder, after the visionary has either passed on or retired, whatever it may be. Right. Um, so to varying degrees of success, you would say that, you know, Apple, for example, um, you know, if we talk Nike, uh, that's another one that, that has, has continued success. Walt Disney's continued success. How... How does a company do that? How does a brand do that? And specifically, I mean, if we can talk a little bit in the case of Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, SpaceX, excuse me. Um, how do you 
make that transition or what are maybe some of the, the things to look out for as you're making that transition? I think you have to be, I, I think you're right. I mean, that transition from, from Steve Jobs to Tim Cook, you know, I mean, if you look at that, like that was kind of forced, right? Steve Jobs is sick. He goes through being sick one time. Cook helps, gets his test run, gets better, things go, gets sick again, has a period of time knowing that he's going to take over. I mean, who's second in Elon Musk's, you know, no, we didn't really know much about Tim Cook either, but, um, you know, who's second in Tim's, you know, who's, who was, who's second in Elon Musk's, you know, realm. And I think, well, I think, you know, Walt Disney company and they, they kind of ran through that too. I mean, he was such an iconic leader for that brand and, and was the visionary. I mean, right. you know, who, who would have thought, you know, Swampland in Florida. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, that I do think that leaders need to be continually thinking about that, you know, cause I, I believe in two to three to four years, Tesla is going to be a, not a commoditized, but an operational, I mean, they're going to be operations focused company. They're going to be a cash cow like Apple is now. And have more peers than, yeah. Right. Elon Musk is not meant to run that company. He's I mean, a visionary. Yeah. 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 And so, and that's a shame, right? I mean, it's a bummer. It's hard for the entrepreneur founder, you know, to, to be able to take, have the, the, you know, the self-awareness enough to go, I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go, now I'm going to go become R and D for this company, mm-hmm. or I'm going to step out of this company and go put rocket ships on Mars and we're going to let it run. Or uh, put microchips in people's heads, <laughs> which is like, that's where, you know, mine, he's investigating that stuff as well. And, you know, so it's like, I think he's got, a bigger, you know, bigger fish to fry, you know, then and it's like, if he can establish Tesla and it's like, that's one arm of the future and SpaceX, that's another arm and solar cities, another arm, you know, you could theoretically say that he could gather up all of these technologies and he's really working towards something bigger, which might even be establishing a civilization on Mars or the moon or something, which, you know, with like space, uh, you know, a lunar base or it, you never know you can't I mean, get oil you can't get oil to mars wonder if you can get oil on mars so if and, you can't do either you're gonna have to use solar i mean and, it is pretty interesting how all this can work together and it, it's like all that stuff could stitch together so you know it's like oh solar city it's all in the sun yeah i need petroleum you know yeah. That's yeah. probably where he's going. So <laughs> I think he's got bigger fish to fry. Well, one of the things, Bo, that, and we're getting towards the end here, but, I, you know, I found it interesting is you're talking about, you know, Elon is not cut out to, he's not cut out to run a cash cow, right? But, and the reason why is because it does not, that does not align with his brand. His brand, his personal brand is to, you know, see the, see, see the impossible and take that as a challenge. And to go and push the boundaries of things and to, um, you know, uh, move fast, break things to the extreme. So I think to, to kind of tie the whole episode back together, it's like, you know, your, your brand is ultimately going to dictate, you know, your, what you should be doing and, and the things that where, you'll, where you will exceed and excel in life. And for Elon Musk, that has been to Cynthia, you mentioned it in these industries that have maybe either stagnated or have um, historically, you know, had some challenges where Elon says, you know what, everybody else has, has failed there, but I'm, I'm not going to fail. Watch this. 
And so yeah. I think I think that's an important piece is like, you know, staying true to your brand, you know, chasing your white whale, um, <laughs> not to, you know, not to the par- not to your peril, but um, yeah. chasing that and, and, and following through on those kinds of things. So, um, yeah. Cynthia, I want to go to you because it looks like you have something else to add. I was going to say, you know, if you if you open big, you know, he's got a he's been talking the talk. He's got to walk the walk. So, you know, it's like if that if he had come out and kind of established these brands and even his own personal brand and then, you know, just kind of took it easy and, you know, said, well, I've achieved this success. I'm done. Then it's kind of a let let down, you know, but it's like as far as his personal brand goes, he's living it, you know, because he keeps on pushing and he's not stopping. So I think that's, you know, he's, he's true to himself. He's a passionate person and he's a dreamer and he's making a reality, you know, again, the, the path may not be smooth, but, you know, and then I think the same has to go for every one of those companies. It's like, at some point they will be a cash cow, but they've always got to retain this uh, curiosity mm-hmm. and uh, ability to continue to, you know, not be fearful of the research, the mistakes and, and a lot of that stuff. So you know yeah all right well um i think that's it for today's episode i really appreciate you guys taking the time um i hope you guys enjoyed it out there uh this was this was fun for me so bo cynthia thank you we'll catch you next time thanks chris bye thanks guys that wraps up this episode of solving for b if you enjoyed the show check out brandextract.com for more conversations on branding and marketing Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Solving for B with Brand Extract.